I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart. Um, we are fast approaching a big milestone. Uh, we are fast approaching 10,000 downloads. So... That is hugely exciting, and thank you so much for um, for everyone who's been listening. And I've had a few people ask uh, ask me uh, if if I'd ever do a podcast about me. Uh, I did uh, a podcast all about the podcast, which people really really loved. It's actually the third most fourth most popular of all the podcasts that I've done was people finding out how I did the podcast. Um, I said podcast a lot of So Sam, who you will remember from an earlier episode, from episode fifteen, he said, "Well, why don't why don't you do a podcast? Why doesn't some you get someone to interview you?" And he suggested him, and I thought, perfect. Uh, Sam's becoming more and more involved in the podcast, and um, we had such a good time together when we did the one to, where I interviewed him. So this podcast is a two-parter, all about me. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm an architect. I have been an architect at Make for, for six years. Um, so uh, this is a really good opportunity to explain to people why why uh, I got into architecture and why uh, everyone's journey is different. And I think the whole premise of Create More is to find out how these people found the passion about the industry that they're in. And that's really what the whole podcast is slowly becoming about. So I'm going to keep this intro very short and say uh, this is a two-parter. Listening to um, the next part, this one's all about uh, the kind of beginning and uh, how I, I attempted to design my first house in Microsoft Word when I was about 17 and uh, and all the kind of fun and games to get there. So I really hope you enjoy it and listen to part two afterwards. Thank you. Bye-bye. And one thing before we start the podcast, just a massive thank you to Sam uh, Barkley for doing the podcast. Uh, he was brilliant and he put up with a lot of time for me. So, uh, so thank you, Sam. Anyway, back to the podcast. Yeah, well, over to you, Sam. What do you mean over to me? Oh, you're the one interviewing me. <laughs> you're the one that... Yeah. So, well, I guess it's why we're doing this one, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, while... Yeah, why why did you suggest interviewing me then? Because I don't think Oh no. I do think that a lot of people want to probably hear what you do for a change since it's been what twenty how many now? Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. That's not bad, is it? Not bad. So it's probably about time that people Why well, I, I do I, gave I, up I, the agonizing weight and found out what you do. Yeah. Instead of you exploring oh, Exploring everything that other people do. Because I bet there's people now going, finally. Oh, God, I've been waiting for ages for this. <laughs> well, no, I don't, you know, it's basically not the way. But how did you feel when I asked you to do an interview, though? Were you a bit like, no, because I'm, I'm a little bit like, no one wants to hear what I do. That was like, no, or not for an hour. Like, you know, of like a two minute pub conversation, sure. But like, when I was like, because I've had a few people go, no one wants to. What? And I'm like, no, 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 go on. Like, yeah. what, really? You want to hear? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And they're really good. But I just don't, I don't know, it's just, uh, I mean, I am saying that and I have done an hour long making of where I just talked about it. <laughs> yeah. But I, do you know what, it was funny, that was different. That felt like I was 
you know, you've listened to the podcast. You want to know how it's made. There's like a, there's a feedback there. Like yeah. someone listened to it. And then, whereas this one was a bit more like, it feels slightly narcissistic, doesn't it? No. No? no? Okay. Because, no. well, to answer your question, I guess it's, uh, the first time I got asked to do something like that, it's kind of like, why? It's a bit weird. Yeah. But then, Me. I suppose after, I kind of got used to it a little bit, having to forcefully put myself out there for Kickstarter. Mm, so then yeah. when people started asking to do talks and stuff, it wasn't so much why, because I knew why. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope that doesn't sound... No, 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 but didn't you say you did a talk? You've done a talk to, like, not on a podcast, but a few, like, as yeah. in front of lots of people, right? Wasn't yeah. there, like, hundreds of people on one? Uh, one of them, yeah. Yeah, and weren't you a bit like, well, me? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But I un- I understood why, because of, like, the whole education thing, and that's yeah. what it was surrounded by and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like... I don't know, I didn't really think about it like that. I just... I suppose I just got more nervous about... It's the first time I've stood up in front of that many people. Yeah, so, I mean, the nice thing about the podcast is you can, you know, it's not you can even mess up, you just carry on talking. It's not <laughs> like you can, like, it's not like you mess up a chat. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, even the, the first couple of minutes before you d- we do this, and I'm thinking about it, like, the day, st- I still get that same feeling. I've got another talk, well, another, I've got a talk to do next week, Wednesday. On uh, what, as in the book? Uh, just me, like, what I've done basically. nice what as in going back to a school like a university or a school uh, no it's a design led thing I think design business led thing get you yeah I can't remember what it's called that's awesome where is it uh, here somewhere London somewhere nice I can't remember where what, so they they're lucky your work they want to hear more about you uh, yeah I think they have six people <laughs> I don't know why I did the accent um, I think they have six Six people every month or so, maybe. I should probably look into actually what, the, why they're doing it. I know why they're doing it. I just can't remember why. What, but literally to fill airtime, is that why they're... Yeah, I'm just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I just picked this guy. But they, they fa- obviously out. found out about you through the Kickstarter thing, as in is it kind of the same way. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Or... Uh, Award-winning yeah. book. Google, yeah. I love how basic these speakers are. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes talk to myself um what was i gonna say that's narcissistic yeah that is narcissistic well <laughs> do you know what? it's like it's 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 just it's just weird I'm, I'm highly caveating my own podcast about me but it's like i find i find the whole process of talking about Sorry. oneself odd but not when i want other people to do it and it seems like the most normal thing in the world but when i just don't really talk about myself Huge amount. Yeah, but it's reverse engineering this one, though, isn't yeah. it? A little bit because yeah. there's people going, Just get on with it, Ben. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go? <laughs> Stop pissing around. <laughs> but I guess the the the, uh, the 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 obvious thing is to start with why architecture. Then I I get I almost wanted to finish. No, I wanted to finish with where do you think architecture is going? But uh, yeah. Well, do you know? What? And, I, then, um, and then everything in the middle. Mm. Sort of as much as can say about what you're up to but no no yeah yeah i can't tell you about the armor bunker the army bunker i'm working on no um i know i i do i because i think i guess people if they've listened to 22 episodes they do probably want to know a bit about me and feel like you do know a bit about me but i guess um like a lot of the way i feel about architecture is a lot of the i think the way i feel about myself i'd imagine it's the same in any creative industry like you can't well i think the other the other reason 
uh, that I asked you is that if you wanted to do it is that uh, as we've been talking about the podcast quite a bit it's it seems like a good platform for people to understand different areas mm. like the um, the podcast that you, you did with your friend about the gaming thing how many pe- how many people at school actually think that going into gaming is a viable career yeah how many people like <clears throat> I know I know of architecture is probably an obvious one, but I think people need to understand it a little bit more. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I chose it when I stopped plumbing, but it's, you know, I didn't fully understand it. And if there was something like this that I could go to to mm. understand it, then maybe I would have pursued it a little bit further or maybe not. Who knows? So no, well, yeah, it's was... a good platform. To, for, for, and, and it seems it seems silly is the wrong word. It's, yeah, it seems silly not to have this yeah. now yeah. because... You've done so many different ones now that to go any further without having done it yourself yeah. and filled the architecture gap, because you can fill it even further. You've done it a little bit, but why not explain? Because you're the people that you've interviewed to do with architecture are very yeah. different to yourself. Well, I and think, I don't think yeah. there's many people that you could that would do that do the similar thing to you. I think the nice thing about uh, the nice thing about the computer game one and the one I see, I can say computer. I don't mean to. Computer. Northern. Yeah. Northern Midlands. Don't tarnish me with that brush. Anything above Northern. Anything above London. North. But the nice thing about computer games is that computer, everyone can understand the computer game and they kind of would imagine how they go together, you know, or, or they think they understand. And this, and even more so with film. Anyone's got a, like a camera on their phone. Anyone can do a film, mm. like the, the easiest possible way. So I love films and I've done little documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. and i was still blown away at how little i knew about about like actually how to do a film like a proper film something that required like everything you see needs to be done so like yeah that's why going back to the podcast i was thinking if you had to explain someone what the create more podcast was it like if i had to do a presentation it would kind of be imagine if you did like a well i started with other architects and then structure engineers like uh, sculptors and then artists musicians and then film and computer games and then uh, and if you then drew lines between them all you know like if you're doing a film you need someone to do a set they might have been previously architects or they like join it and then yeah. if you just drew lines of how they're all interconnected i feel like create more is that kind of bubble in the middle where yeah. like they're all they're all they're all on the same wavelength. They're just kind of different extremes, you know, like... Well, architecture is probably the most um, protected... Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it, it is without a shadow of a doubt the most protect, protected industry in the... I hate to use the word because... Creative mm. side of things. It is. Yeah. Like, I can't think of another one where you have to be a master in your degree before you can even call yourself <clears throat> an architect. Yeah. Isn't it? Because I, again, like, I think that... Uh, well, well, there isn't, is there? No, I was just thinking there's doctors and lawyers and stuff, but, like, not. they're not creative, are they? They're, like... Um, but it is, in a way. But yeah. Called Albert Einstein creative. He was creative in numbers. Creative numbers. Yeah. That's why I don't like using that word so much, because it's misinterpreted, but there we go. That's another... I guess it's so open, open to interpretation. Maybe that's another it? podcast, the word creative. What is creative? Creativity. But then you'd get, anyway. like, yeah, as you said, mass people going, wow. And they'll mention something amazing, like an algorithm for Instagram, and you'll be like, I would say that's pretty creative. And you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Again, the more I scratch the surface with this podcast, the more people I want to, like, um, interview. Like, I would love to interview someone about AI, and I'd love to interview anyone from Google or anyone from the BBC. Like, yeah. just every time I scratch, it seems to get down further. And the reason I'm saying that is because... Well, it's good for people that, like I say... <clears throat> 
you know, especially being so closely connected to the education thing, that how many, it really pisses me off the amount of times kids get told or they constantly ask, what do you want to do when you're older? What do you, what do, you want to do? And it has, there's so much focus on how the hell do you know? Yeah. There's so many different things. And like you said, you don't even know. No. And you're, you know, just scratching the surface on a podcast and yeah. you know, like found a career yourself. And there's like, there's two things know. I always think of. There's that like amazing Baz Luhrmann song, which is like some of the most interesting people I know, like at 40, still don't know what they do with their yeah. lives. And it's so true. Yeah. And I think and it's like, a, it's like, sorry, <coughs> it's like the word career is such a such an old school phrase isn't oh, it it's just i've only like kind of really realized it that it's just it's just such a weird term yeah like why why do we and, and the whole nine to th- nine to five thing why mm. do we bottleneck so many people into doing the same hours when it doesn't suit the way it's mm. such an industrial revolution way of doing yeah, things yeah it's so true and like it doesn't it doesn't mean you're any more focused like was it Sweden or somewhere or more? And they're doing like six hour working days. Anyway, we're tangent. We do that. <laughs> That's what we do, Sam. Yeah. But I, th- I Back yeah. to architecture. But if you were, okay, the reason I keep caveating this beginning whole bit about architecture is to me, the more, the, the kind of, not better, I guess, the more experienced I get architecture and the more I understand, the more stuff opens up. Like, for example, photography, like, I love taking photos before I came on the architecture course. Mm-hmm. But then when you understand what it is exactly you're trying to get a photo of, and it's like more about storytelling, and then the second you go more into storytelling, it makes you understand films more. Yeah. And then the second like you go into like sketching or art, you know, to draw a sketch, you understand it's not it's not just drawing lines on a piece of paper, like that sketch is like minutes for a meeting or it conveys a story, or actually if someone asks you to sketch a building in 20 seconds mm-hmm. you inherently without even realizing draw its most iconic features or draw what it means to you or if it's a boring building but you love it you'll concentrate on activity that goes on inside it and like just the idea that if someone asks you to sketch something in 10 seconds it's amazing how your brain just whittles that down and so like yeah again it's like um you know i'm working on a tool building at make and you've also described the 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 good fundamental things about make and what uh kind of one of what i see is ken's kind of philosophies in make that to get to get the right people to do the right job yeah like every single one of those things you said are beautifully simply complex like photography yeah yeah is it's not an easy feat to get around it and you know you've got a damn good photography a photographer here yeah. um mr zander yeah i want to say olsen I've, yes. I've never said his second name before. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Zander. Alexander, actually. Big yeah. up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, it's nice to see a practice of this size. Uh, go and use people that are good for what they're doing. I mean, so many people are guilty. So many companies are guilty of like, oh, yeah, we're just. Mm. And it's, I mean, that's all well and good. If you want to get the best results, why not use the best people for that? And it's kind of like, yeah. I would say like uh, the thing I like about Make is that it's just kind of giving me a confidence that uh, they kind of just let you do your own thing. Like I know we don't have job titles here, uh, but that means you don't chase a job title. You don't chase project architect or project leader or whatever. You just, you kind of just have to be one and then you've earned it. 
Yeah. But so like if you want to sit back and wait for one to be offered to you, well then fine, but you won't get very far. But, but if you just do it. Yeah. I know that, that and it's it's harder than it sounds. I know if you're on a big project, how can you become like you do get hoovered up into bigger projects, but But you, it's an enormous enormous responsibility <clears throat> to have but in a good way. Mm. So you have to guess this is you know understand it a little bit more first because the, the amount i know about architecture is very little but yeah. the from the outside of it seeing architecture as well even like the graphic design side you're given an enormous amount of uh, responsibility but at the same time that's because you're good at what you do mm. so you have to you have to be good at what you do to be able to do it first so it's almost like a pat on the back before you've even started yeah which is a great way to do it and I, i've always found well I, I can't remember where I read it. I think it was in Richard Branson's autobiography, but he was saying that many companies are guilty of um, of looking after their shareholders first or their customers yeah. first. And it's such a <clears throat> bad way to do it because you won't, you're, you're trying to look after everyone then individually because you'll look after your shareholders and you try and look after your customers. Then your employees last and they're inevitably mm. going to be unhappy. So your sales are going to be crap. So he was saying that if you look after your employees first, then you don't have to look after anyone else. Yeah. You just look after your employees because they, they bring in all your money. They look after your shareholders. They look after your customers. They look after everything yeah. for you. So keep them people happy first. And that seems to be, <coughs> well, very much seems to be what, what makers yeah it's, it's, well, it's like i don't know like if you've worked at a business before where you're just you're just fed up with the management or you don't agree with the way they do something or something's really irritating you it's like and you feel helpless because there's nothing you can do it's a big big company or whatever whereas if someone goes all right well what do you want to change and you're like well i think <laughs> like uh we should like have like more social outings and they go well go and organize one then well, okay, I want to do a group or bowling thing. And they're like, all right, good. All right, well, uh, oh, okay. And you're like, puff your shoulders, like, well, I want to go on an architecture like field trip. And they're like, okay, who do you want to go? Well, I'll open it to the whole office. Okay, well, you have to organize it all then and then you can do it. Yeah. Well, like, well I can't pay for it. Well, we're going to give you a budget. It's fine. That's happened so many times here. That just kind of puts you back in your box and you're like, yeah, I don't want to organize an ex-social because it's quite a lot of work. <laughs> like, um, why don't we ever play softball? Ben, go and organize softball. And I did. And then it's so hard to get people to play softball. And then like, uh, you know, doing the podcast, I was like, well, I wonder if they'd be cool with it. And they've not just been cool with it. They've like actively encouraged it and allowed me to do stuff here. And you're like, well, well, Good. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, well, I wish we did like more researchy based things. You know, I'd love to do like robotics or, you know, grasshopper scripting and stuff. And they were like, all right, well, I was like, yeah, and I want to do it in the window and I want to make a window display. And they were like, okay, cool. Well, you organize it. And I was like, yeah, right. Oh, okay. So I went around the office and found people to like. See where you go with yeah. this one found like people to like design the robotics and then we designed the robots and we emailed everyone design heads for the robots and then it was like oh, it's actually really hard to do this <laughs> I was trying to design you know but like when you know when you you know I, it was just that idea oh, I wish we did something cool in the window yeah well go on then yeah well yeah maybe I will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said like uh, and then uh, a num episode number four I think it was was a Jason Bruges mm -hmm. and uh he does interactive window displays and 
so after we spoke about potentially picking up the window display after like a year of me <laughs> like struggling to uh, you know work out how to do robotics so like he's like yeah sure you know that connection i built through a podcast they're bringing some engineers in they're going to look at the window and perhaps give us some like some of their old equipment to like set up and you're like and there's many great people involved with that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's loads like of within people in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so, it, it like, crazy, I'm, yeah. I'm taking all the credit for that. But there's, like, there's loads of, like, there's tons of stuff that I haven't had anything to do with. It's way more important, like, just... Even just having a display there. Yeah, like yeah. The, like, the, 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 the framework to be able to do things in the future. Because I guess, like, as a student, as an architect student, you're used to just cobbling stuff together yourself. Just, you know, do it yourself, do it yourself, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you come here and you forget that everything, you know, as we were saying earlier, everything in the window is is an av- is a billboard, an av- advertisement for make. Mm-hmm. Like, we're a world-class architecture practice. You can't just have a botch together. Oh, I found some, you know, crates out the back we can use as shelves or whatever. Like, it yeah. has to be in the stuff you're showing me. You know, it has to be high end like you have to really put some effort in and it's kind of like everything could make i feel i I fought it the beginning but that's when i didn't know people but now you can lean on the people in the office and that everyone wants to help like if you're enthusiastic like for example you like i you know i need some you know i'd love to redo the logo for the the podcast and you're like okay i help yeah and you're like, oh, amazing or like let's do the window display and you're like ben yeah i'll I'll do it fine like okay and yeah. there's loads of people like, you know, you just end up having a chat with Xander for an hour about how to direct a film. This is before I'd interviewed Will Nash and realized how difficult it was. But he was like, yeah, no, I'll come and help you out. You on. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like quite a lot of time. But I guess it's like... Uh, You've seen the little mini videos he's done of the buildings? Like static. Are those um, the ones up on our, our video display? They're so yeah. good, aren't they? doing more of those. So. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What did I, what it kind did of like, I, I like them more. I almost like them more. It, it's a shame... Well, it's not a shame because it... These are, for anyone listening, if you come into our reception lobby, there's a massive video screen. It's like four mega screens at the back of our reception desk. <laughs> and Xander's done these really kind of... They're kind of like... Inter- is- they're like they're like Harry Potter pictures because they're, yeah, they're like photographs, yeah, yeah. but they're, they're animated and you don't notice straight away. Well, it's a static video, isn't it? Yeah. Is that and what, and it, what I like about it is, more so with a photo, is that architecture photos are guilty for not having people in yeah. it. But those videos, you kind of, you not only have people in it, but you see how it is, and it feels live. You see yeah. how people are interacting with that building. Yeah. Whether that's just walking past it or walking straight by it, but I feel that's a kind of... But it's clever because nice the first time I saw it, it was Broadgate and they had the arena in the front. Yeah, it's a stunning cool. photo. It, I thought it was a photo. And then you see the person get out of the bench and walk off, but it was yeah. so subtle. Yeah. I was like... Yeah. Yeah, good job. Another like you know, I that's like top end stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah, Tom and Sandra have done a good job of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just everyone's just. I mean, I know we're having a full on make love in here, but <laughs> everyone's just on point. <laughs> but straight back to the back to you and architecture. Yeah, look at that for a baseball bat deflection. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and get on with it. Okay. Um, What's that? Twenty minutes in, still not talked. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious question is mm. how? Why? Why architecture? Uh, good question. Good question. Well, it sounds like a really... I was forced to. I needed to make money. Yeah. <laughs> well, do it. you know what? My mum and dad were like, what? Because yeah, you're, you're, you your mum's... You want to get into architecture. Your mum's a politician and your dad... Is an engineer okay. uh, by trade. Well, he actually kind of worked his way up. He said something really interesting. He was like, I was so glad that every year I made 10% more. Like, my wage just kind of went up 10% every year. But it meant that I never... Like every time I got used to a bit of money, it would go up again and it would go up again. I wasn't like I spiked early and then went down or whatever. So he was able, 
it was just like um so he worked his way up a big engineering company and uh ended up it's like kind of metal box again really interesting like they would make coca-cola bottles volvic bottles of water and stuff which sounds so boring (laughs) you're like it's such a like mundane piece of thing that you use but actually the machinery they can fire out coca-cola cans like a machine gun like they come out like 60 a second or something it's absolutely ridiculous (laughs) and uh, these machines are all over the world and basically every time one would break or a factory was inefficient he would go around europe check what they were doing check that there wasn't a better way to do it if they had to like you know get rid of staff or whatever or get a better machine he would uh, like okay all that and stuff and it's like it took him all around the world and stuff and he went to we lived in Germany together because we went to Germany so I went, lived in Hanover for like a year uh, or nine months or something and then he also you know went to Salt Lake City I think for like two or three years nice. and uh, and he hated it <laughs> really he just like you know he's a family man it was like being away oh, from his right, family and stuff yeah. he like he loved the job but it was like so far away yeah. so it's kind of always been quite like in the back of my head like I don't want to work abroad <laughs> but I do like but there's like an itch and I, I don't know if you've ever been traveling for a long period of time I haven't it's been a, uh, last well actually, my probation period went here yeah went to India for three weeks nice well there you go three weeks yeah. but not I've never been like for a year or something and it was kind of yeah three weeks is about the longest time I've been away yeah but I do want to go for a lot longer and That's I do want to do a master's abroad as well a master's abroad amazing yeah whereabouts what don't what, know yet. what, what area just, what quadrant of the world Europe yeah oh, but okay. I don't because I just don't see there's some maybe I might see another language <laughs> Well, I think <laughs> I think the the um, doing it here, London. There's some of the best universities to study graphic design mm. in London, and I'd love to do it under the the teachers that had at Portsmouth. But it just seems too easy. Like mm. I'm not gonna like I'll learn more from them doing a um, doing a masters, but. I just feel like I need that extra step of stepping out of my comfort zone yeah. and finding a nice place in Europe somewhere or whatever and, you know, forcing yourself to learn something even f- yeah. further that's new. Because university, to start with, even though I went late, is is a learning well curve mm. in itself. And you wouldn't really want to do... I suppose you would want to do that abroad. Well, I think I would, but having had that as like a base now, going to do a master's in another country mm. would be amazing. But And you've got family, man, now, you don't you? I am a family man, yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, do you know, it hasn't really kind of made me more confident, if anything, as in less worried about work. Not in like, I I just walk around not giving a crap. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> just like, suddenly work stress seems more manageable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when my poor wife's at home. But uh, yeah, I think... I don't, well, I don't know how you feel, but for me... How did you get into it? That's yeah, the, okay, well, this... Answer the question. Okay, yeah, answer, answer the bloody question, <laughs> Ben. Uh, so you're... you're, you're see, this is terrible. I want to say, like, because I didn't, didn't have any exams. Yeah. That's a terrible way. That's a terrible reason there to go into exams. architecture. Yeah, but not like... You're going to have to explain the uh, okay, well, process as well in a bit, but... Let, let, me, let me take it back a step. Uh, <laughs> so I just... I hated exams. I just hate the whole... Pre- I just, I'm yeah. terrible under pressure. Like, yeah. if someone gives me a task to do, they've not said how long it will take, how much the effort they want me to put in, and I can just get on with it and do whatever I want, I will do the most amazing bit of work 
But if someone goes, right, Ben, you've got five hours, it needs to be brilliant. It, like, that's just the kiss of death to me. <laughs> I'm like, right, I need a coffee, right? I can't do anything without coffee. <laughs> right, sit down, okay, right, just work really hard for the first hour, and then you've got four hours left. Oh, God, I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, right, right. But, like, I just find the whole, like, process, like, the creative process under pressure almost impossible. Yeah, Unless you're going to go back really and hard. repeat things that you've done before, which <laughs> is the benefit of experience, right? Like, um, but at the time... Uh, I I just I think we chatted about this. I just didn't I didn't really ever care about secondary school. Nothing really got under my skin. Like nothing ever made me go. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Like everything really was just a way to not worry about and not think about school. So yeah. playing computer games, I didn't want to be a computer game designer. Yeah. I just wanted to disappear off into another world, right? Yeah. And it's like, do you know what the uh, on that? I, I had Ricky Devos say something interesting on a, on his um, <clears throat> old old podcast saying that. Why don't we didn't really say it so many, but why why don't we teach kids or uh, kids at school mm. to understand um, the fun of learning? Yeah, and like 100% and, and, and not and not teach them facts and all that kind of thing, mm. but teach them the fun of it and you know the exploration of it yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I just like, but oh, I just feel the risk on. reward failure. So the the way that exams work are like. It's oh. all or nothing, and if yeah, you fail, honestly, your life so is over. Bad. Yeah. So I heard about this. Um, there's a startup. Actually, failure is a good thing, though. Yeah. And it's just in, in exams, it's always. Why do we fall? Busy. So we can learn to get back up again, right? <laughs> Batman. Uh, but there's the, so. Oh, that's loud. Um, there's. Uh, I actually tweeted them to see if they would do a Skype thing with me. Um, uh, but but who am I to? They're like a startup company in California, and the way they the way they teach kids, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Every time I talk to my wife about how the education system should change, as a single person, I think you'd come up with the best curriculum. You times that by however many kids there are in the education system, divide by the amount of money you have. There's just unless it's privatized, you just can't do what I want to do. But there's, they have every kid comes into a room, and there's multiple different year groups. Yeah, in one room. And it's huge. Loads of different things to do. And there's almost, I think it's three kids to one teacher or whatever. So it's a really high teacher to uh, training people. And then they've got a glass wall and behind it, there's a proper office. Like there's people that come in and out and do proper work. It's not distracting, but there's, there's the, this is where you are now. That's where you'll end up later. There's a kind of, so you understand that there's work. It's not like, but you associate work and fun office fun school fun and you go in and every kid has an ipad not that they're supposed to play with it but if they decide they want to build something then the teacher just only encourages them to continue the thing they're doing yeah and on on the ipad she then gives them like has he what's he you know like scalable things you know or he doesn't talk very much but he builds a lot yeah and then the teacher the next day comes in and like slowly just manipulates the thing that he's doing so he never feels there's a beginning or an end it's just He's just continually moving forward and the teacher gently guides the direction he's going in. But they can like grasp, you know, how he's developing and stuff. But, and Bet was like, that sounds amazing. And then um, um, James, my boss, his son, um, he spends every Friday in a forest. They just spend the whole day in a forest. I was going to say, come rain or shine. Yeah. And that's all they do. And they just learn everything. Because I think like, I I genuinely, yeah, yeah, I genuinely think you'd learn more about geography if, you accidentally stumbled on some different country, something oh, you love in a different to country. Iceland, yeah, there you, you go. If you went to yeah. there like in school, it would blow your mind as yeah. a kid. Like, the, like volcanoes and just, not even that, but like glaciers and um, lava fields. You know, like the uh, lava fields, like um, 
you think they're big yeah. and you hear about it in school and stuff and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just get teacher telling me I'm in front of the thing, show me a picture. Yeah. But you see it in real life. It just, it's just a whole other level. And you could just go to Iceland and see a lot yeah. of those raw, natural things. It's obviously, that you know, money comes into it again. Bloody money. But, <laughs> I know, but I was thinking, like, as, a, as um, if someone was to argue we shouldn't put iPads in kids' hands or, or whatever, some, something mm-hmm. to do with that. It's like, if you've bought colour textbooks, that means you understand the quality of an image has an impact on the learning. Why don't you get black and white ones? Why not just have it on newspaper and check away? It's like, you've already acknowledged that quality of information is better. Yeah. And then, like, there's an Elements app. I don't know if you've seen it on the iPad. You click on an element, and instead of a periodic table, which to me was genuinely the most boring thing I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. in, my, in my life. It yeah. was on the wall. But this app, you click on it, and it just tells you how it's made. And, and spin the rock around, find out where ge- geographically it's done, what it's built, yeah. what part it builds. And you can just go through all of them. And yeah. I was like, kids have it. Like, my son. It's going to be a super nerd. Yeah. I'm going to have an iPad in his hand before he can do anything. And uh, but that's the point, is it? Like, you know, a periodic table at school, it was, the, like you say, it was the most boringest thing ever. Mm. But once you understand the bigger picture, space, yeah. you know, universe, where these like, things yeah. come up, and the, the macro to soup, well, the, the, yeah. the macro to super micro, and either way, and I what think, things are used for. Yeah. We, how am I because I think the We've only element that I can think about is mercury but that's just because if you put it in a Bunsen burner it goes crazy bright <laughs> like so like but like you have what, a satellite wire wall yeah, yeah. and mate dip in oil it's like a fireball <laughs> uh, thanks to my brother who's like a pyromaniac but so yeah so going back to secondary school so there I was like Okay, I'm going to do A levels because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. I think my parents would be quite happy if I did A levels. Like my friends, my friends were doing A levels, and my pa- they were going on a snowboarding trip to Mount Mammoth. Yeah. And I was like, wicked, <laughs> going to go to Mount Mammoth. That was all I cared about. What A levels you going to do? I don't know, but I'm going to go to Canada <laughs> or America or wherever it is. It's going to be amazing. And then like uh, I like revised the day before each of my exams and yeah. just did so badly. <laughs> like bearing in mind my mum's German, I got a B in German. Like, I got, I aced the talking, no problem at all. Yeah. Can uh, you still speak German? Ambition. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. No, I can't speak German. Can you speak much? A bit. Uh, no, I can understand German fine, but because my mum used to shout at me in German. Oh, right. So, in front of like loads of other school kids, if I got yelled at in German, she was kicking off. Like, yeah, Tom's kids can speak fluent. I think she's about uh, four now. Um, his youngest daughter. Well, he's got daughter and son. The young, uh, no, sorry, the older one. Yeah. yeah, she can speak fluent Polish and English. And burn her alive! <laughs> How can she learn two languages in the, in the UK? But yeah, uh, but then she like she knows when to talk to her mum in Polish mm. and him in English, and <clears throat> knows when to flip it. It's such a young age. It's amazing. It's just unbelievable. They've Mind done loads brain. of studies that just say that you just have more brain capacity if you can think in two languages, basically. But do you know that... Not that I'm implying that I do, more that I should have maybe tested that area. <laughs> <laughs> that latent brain capacity. Well, no, that is very true, because there's a part in your brain that deteriorates over time if you don't learn a new language, or once you've learned a language, <clears> it deteriorates. So if you don't continue, mm. it deteriorates. But... Being dyslexic, because you're always massaging that part of your oh, brain, okay. because you're still exercising it, because you're still kind of you're struggling with that language, it still sticks around. So as you get older, if you aren't dyslexic, then it uh, is it's found most common in dyslexic, yeah. uh, dyslexic people. But 
uh, in people that aren't, it deteriorates quite rapidly because you know the language quite comfortably. So then that part of your brain brain deteriorates. So the older you get, you can't, it's harder to learn a new language. But people who are dyslexic, it obviously deteriorates Mm. slowly, but it's still easier to learn a new language. So I think that not being dyslexic. That's pretty impressive. So I think... um, uh yeah so beck at, like my wife uh, teaches at a primary school and she has like 30 kids in a class because yeah. it's kind of like a lower income school there's every single race and religion there so she always tells the parents they're like oh we'll try and teach the kid if their first language is in english we'll try and teach them at home english she's like no no, no. always just talk to them at home in their language in like their home language because they'll pick it up so quickly at school <laughs> That like so some like, some of the kids will come in not knowing a single word of English. Yeah. So not only have you got misbehaviour or anything, you know, whatever, you've then got to try and teach them English. So it's amazing. Anyway, so I can't even remember how we got onto that topic of conversation. Because you're you're at school and you didn't want to. There you go. Uh, so college. yeah. So uh, languages. Yeah. So I did. I'm re- go home late tonight. Aren't I? Yeah. Well, we can speed up. I don't mind. Um. Uh. We both have a beer, so there's plenty more in the fridge. It is what it is. Uh, so, 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 yeah. So, I then didn't do very well at GCSEs, and I didn't get into the A levels. And I was like, oh, so you know, one of those times in your life where you think, God, I'm so shit. It's just so <laughs> annoying. But like, I, but I didn't know why. Like, I just felt crap. But I, did, I didn't care. I just felt like I'd let everyone down. I was like, oh, this is so stupid. And then I was like, the, my parents were like, well, you're gonna need to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you go into engineering? And I was like, granddad's an engineer. Granddad, like, worked on the, f- like, original golf balls with elastic bands in. Made a fortune. Really? Yeah. Apparently, like, sold, sold his factory or something. Bloody hell. Yeah, I know. That's uh, crazy. Again, like, I wish, anyway, I'll stop, stop diverging. <laughs> so I was like, well, engineering no, sounds fine, good. And Worcester has a huge background of um, engineering firms, like massive worldwide engineering firms. They have huge bases in Worcester, and I don't know why. Um, and that was one of your two or three options. I always like jokingly say, I badmouth Worcester, I shouldn't, but there's like five <laughs> things you can do in Worcester. Yeah. And one of them, one of the career opportunities is engineer, basically. Yeah. And they have an amazing engineering course. But again, I did it. And like one of my, one of my, uh, it's like such a moaner. Uh, <laughs> one of them was taking apart a kettle and then saying what every part of it was. And I was like, Jesus like I did again, didn't care. So I would play computer games. I missed every Monday for eleven weeks with my best mate Dave. We just didn't go into uh, like college. Oh, you were saying this in the last yeah. one, weren't you? Yeah. And yeah. but like I, that, they, I, they were literally the happiest days ever. Just like literally <laughs> staying at home. And uh, it wasn't until kind of, well, I should, probably shouldn't say it, but chipping off college, the best feeling. Yeah, ever. I know. it was like eating something that you weren't supposed to eat. At, like back at home, if you just snuck a chocolate <clears throat> bar or something, yes. But I'd imagine it's a little bit like taking drugs, isn't it? Like the first day it's fun, but the second day you feel even shitter for doing it. So then you have to take another day off. And the third day it's even worse. And you definitely don't want to go in the third day. So like you have to kind of kick the habit at some point. And I just, do you know what? There's just a running theme that I just, I just didn't know what to do. Like, yeah. I, like I just, like, I think maybe this is like the whole reason why the podcast exists. Like I, if there was some way that I think maybe I'm just future Ben talking to young Ben. <laughs> Ben, <laughs> research more creative things. <laughs> I don't want to be an engineer. That's not the extent of the world, Ben. And uh, so I did engineering, literally got told if I didn't finish all my work in the first year's like, college, 
that I wasn't allowed back for the second year of college. <laughs> and I didn't do any of the work over summer. And I came in and they were like, just get out. And I just sat there. I just sat there at the back and just ignored him and then had the worst three months when my dad came back every night. Bearing in mind, I'm like 16. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm like getting on for an adult, and like I'm just like my parents are having to like ground me and then literally help me do these essays, and I did them and I was like oh, Jesus. Anyway, so I got into the H and D side of it, and they did at the H and D, they did a day a week in a workshop. Yeah. And uh, so they had full on lathes, milling machines, CNC machines, whatever, nice. and uh, but proper old school ones, like ridiculously dangerous. They're like. They've got like engines in and they fire up the lathe and you've got a massive block of metal and you can like, you work the little tool yeah, yeah, forward yeah, and stuff and the swarms firing everywhere. We used to have them at school. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You're Secondary way, school. Way too young. Actually, I think I did this in the, in the in GMVQ actually as well. But um, that was fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like a proper day. See, why didn't they show you them in the first day? Like, well, do you know what? I up. actually think they probably did. And I'm probably thinking maybe if anyone's listening who's done well, the course. Them to use, you, use them in the first yeah. couple of months. But do you know what it was? The, okay, so the, a lot of the... St- <laughs> again, I'm such a moaner. Uh, a lot of the uh, um, uh, tutors that are at the college, the ex-army, mm-hmm. they, they don't mess around. Like, So I'd right. like not been going in, got on really well with the teachers at secondary school. I come in and I'm... If you weren't there at roll call or registration at nine in the morning for the workshop, if you were late by a second, you just missed your name, they'd and you came in five past nine, you'd come in, he'd spot you a mile off. This guy who looked like a Lego man, he was like <laughs> huge and he would yell and he'd be like, grab a hacksaw, son. And you'd be like, oh, and he'd give you a massive block of metal. I'm like the size of my fist and you weren't allowed to do anything until you saw it in half. And oh this is like God. 20 minutes of sawing a piece of metal in half. That's college. Yeah, yeah. So it was like proper like prison rules. <laughs> and like, do you know God. what? And That's a way to get a kid in, in, in like... Uh, interested in something yeah. tell you what you're late by a minute go and chop a bit yeah. of metal but do you know I probably needed it but it just it, all it did was make me not want to do it and discipline but then I mean it was dangerous though I mean to be fair like one of the times which is terrible I don't know if you've used a lathe before you've got a chuck key right yep. you yep. put the chuck key in and you're never allowed to take your hand off the chuck key because if you that. turn on that machine and that chuck key's in and it fires up it can fire out a chuck key like a bullet <laughs> And luckily, mine was in reverse, and I did it, and I turned it on, and it fired into the floor, like, and it, like, came out like someone had thrown it as hard as they could, and, like, luckily, it hit the ground. And he heard it, and he came over and just punched me in the arm. (laughs) Like, it wasn't like, right, get out. It was like a proper, you've really messed up. Like, this is is really serious. And I was like, Can you imagine if they did that these days? God. But to be fair, I never did it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You needed it. <laughs> and, uh, and also, like, I'm just remembering now, they'd give you these things to build and they had to, they had a micrometer and they had to be, they'd give you a tolerance that you had to build the component into. Yeah. And if it was out, he'd use his micrometer and everyone would watch be out by over a quarter of a thousandth of an inch or whatever. And he'd be like, start again, son, and just <laughs> chuck it in the bin and you'd have to start the whole thing again. And I was like, I am like, bearing in mind, I'm like, when I'm 16, I'm probably mentally about 13. I've always said I'm about three. If I could just delete three years off my passport, I'd feel like just right. (laughs) So I did all this and I was like, I I think I look it and feel it. Yeah, well, I definitely look it. I definitely sound it. Uh, Peter Pan. Um, So I I just like, I was like, is this my future? I mean, okay, I can knuckle down and I can build a really good 
piece of metal and going yeah. to an engineering firm. I just didn't want to. And um, so... It's a time and a place, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that wasn't the time or the place. I want to yeah. play computer games. I want to be a mate, Dave. Yeah, well, <laughs> even like, even like building a company, there's a time and a place to dick around and be yeah. an idiot and have a good time, whatever. Yeah. And there's also a time and a place to actually buckle up and sort yeah. yourself out and bring some money in and live a... Well, so that came later in life. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, to bring it all around to a slightly more upbeat side of things, um, my mum's from Bavaria in Germany. Mm-hmm. We go there every Christmas and in the summer, so sometimes twice a year. Nice. And they had the most incredible houses. Like when like their parents build the houses for their children yeah. and you just, that's your house. You don't, you don't really sell houses. They do a bit now, but traditionally it was like, that's your house. Yeah. And we went down there and drove down there once and it was minus 19 on the car journey down and our car broke down <laughs> in minus 19 and like luckily me and my brother were fast asleep we didn't even know we were there for four hours in a forest in the middle of nowhere <laughs> my parents were so quiet they didn't want to make a the van came they got there anyway it, like it's genuinely dangerously cold down there it's like yeah. so like my house at home in Poic is like this old black and white house and it's like a it's like a like a 16th century cottage had a few extensions done on but when we were growing up in it is this in Germany? no this is this is in Worcester okay. this is this is my parents house and uh, it, like it had like um, you know like timber cross braces yeah. with like lime and twigs I swear to god we punched a hole in one bite <laughs> and uh, this is an accident and uh, and it had like twigs in it's just literally lime render and they they pad it out so like imagine rebarring reinforcement barring concrete they just use sticks and yeah. i mean it's a 400 year old house like all the walls are bowing in and in at winter it was so cold in that house yeah. it was like so i always associate old houses with horribleness and i used to love as a kid bovis homes houses they're like really cheap throw them up really cheap mass building houses and i would go to my friend's house and be like oh my God, it's warm. <laughs> You're just wearing shorts in your house. I was like, what luxury to have a warm house, right? So like, and like my window used to leak at night. So like, cause they're oh, old beams. So like they've got holes in, you know, like in the summer, like things grow in them or whittle anyway. Yeah. So when it rains in the right direction, rain comes through the beams and just drips in my room. <laughs> so I like, I love my house now, but like when I was a kid, I associate modern building with amazingness and old things as horrible. It's just yeah. like a thing in my head. <laughs> But in Germany, their houses are just, they're gorgeous. Like, um, my uncle's a master carpenter and he would make windows, like, oh. but proper triple graze windows before anyone had, like, would use them in England because yeah. they're kind of, they're more for energy saving, but actually the cost of them way outweighs any energy saving we're ever going to make. But they're really, really good. Whereas in Germany, yeah. they're like a genuine thing you need because yeah, they're minus yeah. 20. So they've all got fuel reserve systems in their basements. So they could actually not have any power or any heating for a month. And they would have all their heating and coal and oil to keep their whole house going. And you'd go in and like, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> like the super, super high-end houses with like oak flooring everywhere because that's the locally sourced material. Yeah. Like clay tiles because that's what they build locally. The render's all gorgeous and white because every every winter the snow like freezes on it melts and gets all the dirt off it and stuff and it's like so i loved these houses and they have these things called kocheloffens in the middle which are like um like a heat store yeah. like imagine a fire in the middle but they have like a like an open barbecue type thing in a huge stone like they make this huge clay stone it's like two or three meters by two or three meters and it forms the heart of the house That's and, nice, and you, you so there. in the kitchen you open the door and you put firewood in. And in the living room, it's got three walls of this like heat store. Yeah. So you can cook bread in it. But the idea is you burn super heat, like your wood or whatever, you've got coal. Yeah. And then they've got a circular chimney through this big clay heat store in the middle. So the heat literally runs around the heat store. All the heat diffuses into this massive stone. Exactly. And then at night, 
you can like it keeps the house warm so we used to like lie against honestly me and my brother like in minus 20 it's snow outside but it always like stuck in my head like i love these houses like the sense of like like uh like protection you have and the kind yeah. of the the family sense you had as well because everyone's huge families there and they have these huge like corner tables it's really yeah. traditional to have a massive table like probably almost the same size as this table with that one bit on and it's yeah. got a like, huge corner seats you can fit like eight or ten people around it. Yeah, yeah so when you go for dinner it's like a big event right everyone's yeah. sat around this really warm house it could be hailing or snowing outside and like in summer they're really cool because they're so thick and stuff so i was like I love houses. Like I love people's houses. And I was like, some of my friends' houses in the Morven Hills, they're like built into the side of hills and stuff. So you go in the front door and you go out the third floor at the back and that's the garden. Like they're the what? weirdest houses. But the views are amazing, you know, and God yeah, but <clears throat> so so I kind of I always associated houses with like uh, like uh, like a sense of protection and stuff. So it's a nice way to think about So for my um in my H and D for our final year you could do whatever you wanted. Like one of the modules was a design module of all the things you've learned in engineering you can do whatever you want. Someone did a yeah. BMX ramp, <laughs> but yeah, and someone else did like, um, I can't remember now. They're all really random things like microphone stand. I'm just looking at stuff in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone built a distortion pedal and an amp from scratch, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, so I designed a house. I was like, I'd never done one before. And they were like, it sounds like quite a big challenge. And I was like, Bearing in mind, they knew my previous results. <laughs> but like my parents, they were like, do you want to start with something a bit smaller? And I was like, no, I'm going to do a house. <laughs> I ended up doing this like 100 page document. And I did, um, like, I just went online and just looked at houses I loved and like copied the designs. And like, I, I want that open staircase and this. And I want that from that, like a previous Pinterest, basically. Yeah. And uh, I designed or did a budget, like, you know, gave a low budget, a high budget, you know, because I, essentially I just said it was like for my dad. Yeah. And I was going to design this house and I was like, I was like, I was literally talking from personal preference. Yeah. I wasn't, my dad, irrelevant of his comments, I just said my dad, but I was essentially saying me, I want this yeah. house. I want this big open thing. I want this. I think it'd be hotter upstairs. I need windows. Like I literally, through my experiences of houses in Germany that I loved, yeah. I just replicated a house. Yeah. And, uh, and just went on like I like rang up suppliers and was like, how much does one of these oak furniture, like oak built houses cost? And they were like four hundred grand. And I was like, well, there you go, that's the size square foot or whatever. <laughs> like a really simple one. And I loved it. And I got like a super high mark for it. And they were like But it seemed, didn't seem like you're in college when you're doing that, though. No, it was fun. Like, yeah. it was genuinely fun. Exactly. It didn't and it didn't feel like work exactly. at all. It was yeah. just fun. And it felt totally left of field for my course as well. Everyone was like, What? There's nothing to do with engineering. And I was like, I'm still doing it. That, honestly, that's like that's like a running that's like a running theme through all of the things I like doing is that if I do so, as long as it's really good, you can kind of get away with doing anything. Yeah. Like all of my uni projects were okay, Ben, we're going to let you do it, but I, it's not really what this is. And, and they do it, and I get a super high mark, and they're like, "Well, okay, but if that had gone wrong, you know, that was a fairly big risk." To take. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I literally, yeah, but it's like it's yeah. learning to fail, isn't it? Like, yeah, but I can literally only do the things that I want to do. Like I just, I just can't do something for someone else, and I've struggled. I struggle with it all the time. Like until I believe in my own instinct, I think, yeah. and I think architecture. If you're a good architect, it means you're incredibly self-confident succinct you're, you're good at explaining stuff to people yeah. you can't hide in your own little bubble yeah and then hope to get a project in because you have to sit in front of a client mm -hmm. and while you may have been listening to your like your trippy music at midnight and you've joined this amazing building the next day you've got to stand up in front of the middle of the day and explain a concept and it's like 
it's quite eye-opening as well. And I think um, it's one of the things I was talking to Will Nash about, about his films and stuff, was um, I was like, you kind of give away a little bit of your own personality in every project. And as someone, yeah. it, like, I'm not saying I'm a closely guarded person, but, like, secondary school isn't an environment which you openly, like, you just play football. Yeah. That's just what you do. Yeah. It's like, and you don't like talk about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, right. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I guess like, and, and then again, the H&D and GMBQ was all full of people who wanted to do an engineering degree and stuff. And they were all very like hardened, pragmatic. Well, ignorance is bliss when you're that, that yeah. young, isn't it? So, so I, I guess like, I, I like, I just, I was always a bit embarrassed of like liking like to say you like you want to do a project about color or something or like no I feel really strongly about that color in in the wrong crowd yeah like at home yeah. <laughs> people are like or if you did a short film or something you'd be like that's gay <laughs> <laughs> like that would be like or and then everyone would laugh and you're like well I, okay right anyway lads <laughs> so like you just like I don't know like I mean, I just so that's fine, and like I, you know, but I don't. Know, I wonder if whether that's just uh, an English culture thing yeah. or not. Well, I don't know, and like, or, or or genuinely in secondary school, is it the lazier, the cooler you were, basically? Yeah. So that sounds like I was pretty cool. I was pretty lazy, <laughs> but like I just didn't care yeah. because that kind of seemed like the personality that you should have in secondary school. Yeah. But I built a guitar in secondary school, but which I loved doing. What if you were, like, in secondary school, if you were taught to not care in a way that yeah. is, like like I said earlier, like <clears throat> that, um, to almost, because you don't, now it's almost like, um, it's harder to unlearn something, now yeah. when you know it, to then try something new. You don't know anything, so you can try what the hell you like, can't yeah. you? So like, when I was thinking about college and stuff, you you almost just do anything and everything just because you like doing it. Mm. And then that develops into something else. And it's not because you've read a book to do something else. You've kind of found it yourself. Mm. And then once you've read a book and seen someone else has done it and it's actually a theory of something, you're like, ah, oh, well, that was fun. Yeah. You found it yourself. Yeah. It, yeah. It, finding yourself is totally the kind of mantra of the whole thing. I think... Um, so I, ju- I guess just I just like floated around for ages and I didn't really like have like the confidence to do the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So I would dream a lot. It takes time. Yeah. Yeah, Like I was like, I always felt like a dreamer. Like, but then I think it's like, you know, dream about something massive because you're obviously never going to do that. But like, (laughs) don't dream about something that you could potentially do tomorrow because like that, that then you'd be like, oh no, I don't want to, no. But like my, yeah, my mum has this really funny story of like, um, like always as a slightly lazy kid and I just wanted to watch telly and play computer games basically. And then, he doesn't. Yeah, I know. Elon Musk said an interesting thing about edu- education that if you can get, if you can turn education into a computer game, mm. then you've instantly won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> education wins. Yeah, because nowadays it's almost like the only thing people like kids ever want to do is play a computer game. Yeah. If you can build education into that, done. Yeah. So I think as like, well my as parents being gave. It's funny you mention that. My parents gave me and my brother like this European. Ah, sounds slightly on topic. Uh, a European computer game. It had loads of different languages, but it also had geography and stuff. But you could have two player. So me and my brother would play a game, and it was about like general knowledge and which currency was which one. And it, but it was done as a game. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember any things I learned, but I remember thinking, what an amazing <laughs> idea to turn education into computer game. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I did. 
Um, so yeah, you. Uh, well, oh yeah. So then there's a funny, funny story about how I got into the architecture course. So like all my A levels. So that was A level. No, so the, the house yeah, was A level. GMVQ and H and D, like they're the A level equivalent, right? Like your top up things. Okay, and, and you then, can use them to get into university. Yeah, yeah. Well, some universities. So then, okay. uh, so then I'm like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should do architecture. I don't know. Like, I genuinely didn't want to be an architect. I just yeah. liked houses. Like, yeah. you know, uh, if you ever want to buy something. Yeah. I mean, I do tons and tons of research. Like, I love buying stuff. Yeah. And I love the research that you do behind it. Like, because yeah. the internet's so good for that now. Yeah. And uh, so to me, the house building thing was just me dreaming about what house I could have. Well, the other thing about the buying thing is, isn't it? It's kind of, it's the same thing, isn't it? That I hate buying something. Having not done the research and just like it's almost like an impulse buy. You yeah. get it, use oh. it, and you're just like, oh, it's just shit. Yeah, like what did I buy that for? And you, there's no way you can return it. It's such a guilty feeling. Yeah, yeah. So actually doing the research and making sure you want it and leaving it for a little yeah. bit long. It's kind of like the same thing. It's yeah. like finding your career, isn't it? So, oh, here we go, career again. Career. Cool. So I kind of felt I didn't. No, I, was, I didn't. No, I don't want to be an architect. No, I, I was just dreaming about what house I could have. Well, you seem pretty passionate about houses. And I was like, yeah, but to live in one, I don't want to design one. I don't know, because I wouldn't know the first thing how to do it. And they were like, well, you've just designed a house, though. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know. It was more like, you know, designing a James Bond layer or writing what your dream computer game would be. Like, I didn't really think there'd be a career in that or doing it. And then, um, so then uh, I was like, okay, maybe I should do it. So I tried, like I signed, uh, I went to go to Nottingham university, Birmingham university to do architecture. Mm. And I was like, well, my parents are like, this seems like a spectacularly hard course. You're going to, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I found out you needed like Nottingham, especially was a, a, B, a level and a GMVQ and H and D, no matter how good you are, doesn't add up to an a, a, B, so that was like a no. But I was like, well, I've got an engineering background, so that's kind of unique. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I can take apart a kettle. But I had done this house project, and I'd done a lot of research into it. So I sent, like, like I was always really good at presenting stuff. The content may not have always been there, but it, everything yeah. I did looked really, really slick. Yeah. Like, way above everyone. So me and my friends would do work at, college, at secondary school and college, H&D, and we would sit together and do the same bit of work. And then I would present it and get a way higher mark than them just because I loved presenting stuff. So my CVs always look really, really good. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, well, maybe I want to get into graphics. Maybe I want to, like, I was like, well, the house thing was the only thing that you stuck at. So then that yeah. summer, I did a, a two-week work placement in Birmingham at a place called Malcolm Payne Design Group. And uh, they literally just let me use a computer. And they sat me next to someone who would explain to me how to do CAD. And they just let me design a house. <laughs> like, but properly. And they taught me how to use AutoCAD and everything. Because I didn't use it on the house. I did it all yeah. in, like, Microsoft Word. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, with clip art and stuff. Like, uh, or... Uh, uh, like, yeah, I literally the most basic things. I was just tracing over clip, like clip art squares and boxes <laughs> in Microsoft Word and then deleting the picture out the back. And that was like how I designed it all. Like, so like I properly fudged it together. <laughs> but every, all the lines were the weight that I wanted. Like I was putting line weights in the stuff without realizing what they were. I just wanted stuff to stand out a bit more yeah. <clears throat> and using colors and fills. I mean, it's terrible now, but at the time, like the logic's there. Yeah. And then I did this two-week workplace and they taught me how to use CAD. And I did like an A1 drawing and I learned like scale and all the really basic things that I didn't really know about. And then after two weeks, they like sent me on my way and I had all these drawings. Like I had like them printed at scale and stuff. And this was a, 
well, sorry, and this is it's a an separate arch- course. Yeah, no, this is a two-week work placement in architecture practice. My mum got me, like, she was like, well, maybe maybe you just need to, like, a, maybe you need to see what a job is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, that's still stuck to me to this day, like, which is why in a couple of weeks' time, there's a guy called Inigo, Beck's, uh, t- my wife's teacher friend, who she teaches with. Uh, he's She's got a 16-year-old son who wants to do work experience, doesn't know where he want to do it. And I was like, you should come to my practice. Yeah. Go, I will look after him for a week and it would be amazing. It'll blow his mind at like, oh, oh he can go well, somewhere come else. Come on in, you're 16. Yeah. And I, but I was like, so mind, it yeah. really stuck in my head. Like, yeah. and that's kind of the whole ethos about this Create More podcast. I was thinking like, as a dream, it would be like in like a couple of years time, it'd be some sort of like, uh, like, like create more education. And it would be like inspire and educate or something. And like you would go there and you would click on some questions of things that you liked and it would take you to interesting people. And like, then there'd be like scholarships you could do to work with people or just something, you know, like to guide. There's so many options out there now, but I just don't think many people know about them. So going back to like the work experience place I had, they were so nice, so helpful. They just, they didn't make me do anything. They literally just said, here's a computer. What do you want to do? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, amazing. Cause I didn't, I could do nothing. Yeah. I could just sit there and do nothing. They were quite happy to let me do nothing. It was a favor to my mum, And, um, so I loved it. So then I went to do the Nottingham, uh, thingy thinking, oh, I might get in here. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. Going back a bit, actually, it'd be quite cool to, do, to go, to go around schools and give talks to, mm. to imagine, uh, that there is any job in anything that yeah. you enjoy. Even, you know, that what's the guy that, uh, this is an extreme little kind of a tangent again. The, um, Pixar documentary and he, he, said, he was mm. saying he was flicking through a, co- a comic book and one day realised that these people drew those pictures for a living and he's just like right that's it I'm done that's yeah. what I want to do this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life yeah. and that's all he does there's a head of Pixar just drawing drawings all that making films Amazing. all day long but I think I think like is once kids you f- don't know that's possible, do they? No. Once you find something that you love doing, like what I, that sounds cheesy, but like work isn't really work. No, it's kind of like enforced fun like you have you to do of, it through the day <laughs> but you know when you know when you a you're good at it and a when you like it that much to do it for a job mm. because you you stick through the headache mm. like if you you know that if you give up yeah. uh, when it, you get to one little bit of a headache it's like oh, you, there's not there's no point yeah. doing that having that as a career yeah but um that's my most annoying trait. I will give up at something at the drop of a hat and just move on to something else. Like, yeah, but it, like, I, I would do like 50 different things and I'll just do the one that I like doing. Yeah. And genuinely architecture felt like, ironically, even though it's a really hard course, felt like the one that I wanted to do. And uh, so well, the funny story you was... You stick through the headaches, don't you? Yeah. And that's but I it think, becomes fun as well, isn't it? I think it's like consistency. It's like I... I would say, uh, like, my, 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 my like enthusiasm for stuff is like having a cup of coffee. Like it burns really brightly. (laughs) And if I can operate at that top part, amazing. But then if I don't, I can crash just as quickly. And I'm like, oh, do you know this is a shit idea? When's your time to work? When do you like, when's your most productive time to work? It's totally flipped. Like now it's before lunch. And really, if I can get at eight in the morning, half seven, if I've I've got an hour under me before nine o'clock, I'm absolutely flying. But the thing I struggle with is like moving up to a more managerial position it's like you need to feed information to everyone else. It's like, you know, I could do it all on my own, mm. but it would take me 10 times as long. So yeah. you need help. Yeah. And and then the people I have around me are so good at everything Yeah. that it's got to the point now where I don't actually have enough time to do anything myself. I do. I try. 
but obviously that's what the team are there for and they're yeah. amazing and they're so good at stuff they're like as good if not better yeah. at the thing that I want to do yeah. but because they're solely concentrating on it their kind of speciality skill kind of gets better than yours yeah but well let's get into that yeah, get we'll into get, that team bit in a minute once you've done okay so you should probably explain because I don't really understand the process I tell you what why don't we um, we'll, if we've put this into two parts again because it worked quite well last time that um, I will finish it while I went to uni then we'll stop it pee break beer break and then, and then, and then the next bit we'll just talk about what you wanted to talk about. Well, I was going to say uh, how you um, the, the stages of university. Mm. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, um, so like you know, part one, part two, part three. Yeah. What does that actually involve? Okay, like, okay. So what part, is what do you do being an architect? I the guess third part is mm-hmm. masters, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. It depends on different universities. I'll get to that, yeah. Hell. It's all really confusing. <laughs> but, um, uh, what is it different for different universities? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Uh, which I think is good. I think it's... Um, yeah, but I, I'll never understand it. I'll just feel like, oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, okay, yeah. I'll yeah. Well, yeah, it's like asking for directions across London. There's loads of different ways to do it, <laughs> but, you know, everyone has their own special yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. So, so they didn't let me on to the main architecture course. I just didn't... Ha- I realised Nottingham was an incredibly hard university to get into. Yeah. And, like... I think there's something like a thousand people apply and there's only a hundred places or something. Like nice it's socks. I know they're good on electric blue. Uh, so they didn't let me on the straight one, but they did. They did an architecture and environmental engineering course, which yeah. is a mouthful and a nightmare to spell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I applied to that one. So it was the same part one architecture course. So it, instead of three years, which is your part one mm-hmm. architecture, it's four years. And there's a year of engineering, so you work out about heat loadings in buildings, how buildings are cooled, heated, electricity consumption, like uh, structural engineering. You did loads of extra things. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ever think that, because of, well, obviously, but uh, being a plumber, ex-plumber, yeah, I always thought, bear in mind this is like, I always get domestic and commercial going around. I was just working on houses. Mm. And I always found that sometimes I kind of wish that some architects had worked on site and realised yeah. the troubles that you have to go through to be a plumber or electrician or chippy or whatever. Yeah. Do, do, you ever, do you ever wish you'd worked on site for a little bit? Because um, I tell you what, it was bloody good fun yeah. and horrible at the same yeah. time, both extremes. I just wasn't really a site type of person. <laughs> Do you know what I think? What you're describing is basically working with douchebags and not working with douchebags. Like, you hey. could have all the site experience in the world. Hey. No, I mean, like, the architects you've had to deal with. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Oh, I As see. in, okay. that's, I yeah. think that's more of an uh, arsehole architect than, than indicative of whether you have or hadn't had site experience. I think, I think some people... I think it's important to know, and I think it obviously so helps tell you what, Sometimes when I mean, you look at the drawings <coughs> I had to deal with, it was like, Jesus Christ. Mm. Your spatial awareness is shot. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, it's but interesting. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, right? so, so I'll get back to that, though. Uh, that, uh, so I signed up to the, this architecture and environmental engineering course, mm-hmm. and I got on. And they like, accepted my application. I was like, get in I must be a genius <laughs> and then I found out that they had Fly 45 horse. places on the course and only 40 people 38 people applied so they just accepted everyone <laughs> so like <laughs> so I was like quality oh, and okay so I went to uni and uh, I, well I don't know what your course is like but architecture is it's uh, quite a unique course in that it's utterly relentless 
Yeah. Like from the day you start, the very first day till the day you finish, they expect you to work every hour of every day. No messing. And if you don't do it, it's so obvious uh, and you just you just don't get on with it. Yeah, well, that I get, yeah, it's the same with graphic design is that you can't bullshit it. Yeah. It's like, and because, because it's a mix of so many different, like our graphic design is built from, it's not its own subject. Yeah. It's built from so many different subjects, including architecture. And yeah, it is, once, you're, once your head in the, is in the game and you understand those subjects mm. and how to put them all together, then it's just full on, yeah. yeah. Because th- 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 then it doesn't, th- that's when it turns into not being a chore yeah. anymore. So I was just, because I, I, basically I had one of the best years of my life. That's not indicative of getting good grades or working really hard. But you're in a hotel. So bear, bear in mind, you're from Worcester, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, I didn't, I lived at home yeah. on my own because my mum was in London as an MP during the week and my dad was around traveling. So five days a week, I had the entire house to myself <laughs> for the entirety of the last two years of secondary school, first year's GMBQ and the second year, that until I went to uni basically. So for like six or seven years, I had the total run of my house. It was amazing. <laughs> All week. So I would see my friends every now and again, but you don't drink until you're like, you know, 18 or younger, but like, so I didn't, I wasn't a huge drinker or anything like, and then oh, I was 18, man, right? I made up for it when I got to uni. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I was, I wasn't, I was 21 by the time I went to uni. Yeah. 20. Yeah. Just, so I just, I was just about to turn 21 when I joined 24. uni. 24. There you go. Mm. Well, we're like a fine wine. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, everyone assumed I was 18, if not a very young 18 year old. So uh, like, it was amazing. I was in a hotel with my friends. Like I was in a, a, a this is at Nottingham. There's this thing called C, C block Crips. It was called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they had all these blocks. It's like a proper old school. It used to be a boys only dorm. So it was like, there was 20 different blocks and they were like street houses. Right. So you had six rooms on each floor, three floors, big flight <laughs> of stairs in the middle and a bathroom under the stairs on each floor. Yeah. So if you had to interact with anyone, you had to go to the toilet, you would see so many people, but they actually started to mix it. So it's like all boys in the bottom floor, yeah. girls and boys in the middle floor and all women on the top floor Yeah. for safety. But those stairs can't stop me. No, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, like we had yeah. a bar, Creepy. literally in that block, and there was fourteen <laughs> bars on campus. And I suddenly, you get That's a student loan, and you're like, make money, money. money. <laughs> I was like, you suddenly realise how quick that goes. I've got three thousand pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you're right. By, by, by Christmas, it had like all gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so lonely. And uh, but I'm so cold. <laughs> but, uh, Shut up! Just have a jaffa cake. She's like, wouldn't give money to a homeless person because you're just spending it on alcohol. <laughs> and uh, but it was amazing, like because that was my first experience of being in a big group of people. And That's uh, a good and and everyone was in a similar mindset, right? And it's Nottingham, and Nottingham. I don't know if you've ever been to Nottingham. The campus is absolutely incredible. As a first year, you're in your own little world. The campus is like 250 acres or something of rolling green wood. Like, uh, got little woods in there. But all the campuses, all the things are on their it's own campus. It's just one big 24-7 rave. Oh, is something, isn't it? Honestly, it's Jesus. so... How they expect anyone to get any work done? <laughs> so, no matter... Like, ironically, because I was in the architecture course, you'd be up till three or four in the morning doing work. And then obviously people come back pissed. 
Yeah. And you just hang out with them and then they like, <laughs> so like, like no matter how hard I tried, there'd be someone doing something way more fun than me doing work. And like, I find that I found like the blank slate, the hardest thing to start work with. Right. So like a yeah. blank drawing, it's just once you're up and running, it's fine. But all my friends are on like law, business, all sorts of degrees. None of them in that block are on architecture. None of my real close friends on the architecture course at the beginning, because I just hung around in this block. So I just didn't go to lectures. I was like, my friends aren't going to lectures. I'm not going to go to lectures. <laughs> but like little did you know that you're missing studio days. So like days where you should be like learning stuff. So I was always on the back foot. And you know, like we were saying, um, skiving works like drug addiction. The next day is harder than the last day and you need to break that cycle. It was like that... I didn't catch up, so I'm definitely not going tomorrow because that'd be horrible. And like, so like, I just, our first year, I managed to fail all of the engineering stuff. They were like, why are you on this course, Ben? I did really well in the architecture stuff. Well, not really well, but considering the amount of work I did, I got a fairly good mark. And I didn't really do anything they asked me to. I just kind of did the own designs I want. And they were always a bit, why have you done that, Ben? <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so I didn't do very well in the engineering and they were like, look, we can't let you on to the next year because I just didn't, I just, I hated the engineering side of it. Yeah. So they, they just let me parallel switch onto the architecture course. That's good. No, they actually let me, no, I've totally forgotten. They let me redo, they let me get onto the second year of the same course. So I did two years of this course yeah. and it got to the end of the second year and they were like, look, my grades are high in architecture, super low in engineering. So I was just leveling out at like 40%. In that is that was that just forty the like the the pass rate yeah yeah, yeah. and then because um, I just I just I still didn't care like yeah. the thing about architecture and I say with graphics is that was it was it the uh, I'm naive in your in, in your story but was it that you weren't very good at it or was it that you just didn't enjoy it I I just found like um. So, for example, on the I've always found that if I'm not very good at it, then I won't put any effort in it. Yeah. And it's just like, I forget it. What's yeah. the point? But What's like, the point of me doing it? I guess the point is, like, how do you know you're no good at it if you're not going to put in the effort? That was always my, that was my sticking That's point, right? It was like, well, I'm crap at it. You've, you've, this is one of the hardest courses you can do, and you've been doing it for a day. Yeah. And I would just, like, chuck it to the side. That's crap. That's crap. <laughs> That's crap. And it wasn't until I started to see the second year's work and see how they were working. Yeah. And I saw, like, I saw them using SketchUp. Yeah. And I saw them using AutoCAD, which we weren't allowed to use in first year. We were only supposed to do hand drawing. And I'd never done hand drawing before. Yeah. So I was crap at it. And you honestly, some of the people on the course were like artists. They were absolutely amazing. They just flowed out of them. Like, and they do these like, I was like, to this day, I still can't do the things they were doing in first year. Because it's like they've imagined a 3D object in their head. And they're tracing it from their imagination. It's That's how I saw their hands working. Yeah. I, and I was like, but that's when you know you, that's when you know you're good at drawing, isn't it? Yeah. To be able to, because it's that hand-eye coordination of drawing, and everyone, th- you know, a lot of people see it, it's just yeah. kind of easy, but it's not to be able to draw something that you imagine in your oh. head to then put it on paper. That like hand-eye co- well, it's like hand-mind coordination, yeah. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Is so difficult. But if someone wants you ever to know, do life drawing. Yeah, yeah. I was about it's to say, really so if someone wants to know, like, if you're listening to this and going, "Would just imagine it and draw it? Just try drawing a pig or a dog." Like, yeah. just sit there and draw it. And you go, oh, I know what a pig looks like. Um, but you've put, first put that false sense of security, well, like, false sense of, oh, this is easy because I know what a pig looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've almost, with drawing, you've got to reverse engineer it, haven't yeah. you? You forgot, you've got but then to you're almost like, forget it is a pig. But then you're like, what does a pig's it? head look like? Like, yeah. I know it's got a snout and a curly tail. Yeah. And you start drawing it, you're like, do they have spiky ears or floppy? And like, you do, like yeah. everyday things are hard to draw. Yeah. So I found, like, drawing... And, 
the course was so good and you could see such a wealth of talent. Yeah. I was like, I'd rather just be the Joker and run around having players getting on really well with everyone than like sit down and be really crap at something. Yeah. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, uh, but it wasn't until I saw the second year using CAD and SketchUp, which is like 3D CAD programs, right? And SketchUp's free. Have you used it before? Uh, no, but I would, I, I've all, in the last couple of months or so, I've wanted to learn how to use yeah. a certain CAD program. Yeah. To so like, just to draw up like, you know, products or whatever or something. So SketchUp's like, SketchUp's your really basic free Google program, but it's got pretty advanced now. Like if you know how to use it well, like my friend Tom is incredible at it. Like he can do the stuff we're doing in our advanced ones in SketchUp. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not quite like Illustrator. New, no, but it's incredibly easy. It's literally draw a square, push, pull, and it's like moldable clay, but in 3D. And it was amazing. And this kind of totally transformed how I worked on the course. Yeah. So I would do sketches in front of everyone. They'd be terrible. And I would just like giggle and joke around, do stupid things, you know, like just yeah. divert any attention from how bad my <laughs> sketches were. And then I would go back, stay up late, draw it all on SketchUp in 3D, yeah. print it out, trace over it. And I'd have this really complicated 3D sketch. And then I'd do the shadows in the class and they'd be like, wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. And then we would do like axonometrics and uh, perspectives. And I would like learn how to do it properly. Yeah. I was just too embarrassed to be crap at something. And Because everyone can watch you. Every, everyone sat around the table all sketching stuff. So I'd use SketchUp and I got quite good at it. And then like I would use AutoCAD and I would draw it yeah. in AutoCAD perfectly. Yeah. And then print it and then trace over it. And then do all the writing and stuff. So I'd always like. Did they know you were like using these programs? I don't know. Well, I mean, well, honestly, even my trace three D stuff wasn't as good as some of the people doing hand sketches. Like, Jeez. so I was able to just, like, I guess there was a thing that I had to do. Yeah. I didn't really understand why I was doing it, but I knew I'd have to do it to pass. So I did it. I was like, oh, this is just frustrating. Like, I didn't know what I'd do. And then second year. I had to redo the course like I did the second year and I just like I kind of got more and more angry and frustrated with it I just didn't, I didn't do it <laughs> and uh and then um kind of over that summer not that I'm saying this all has to do with my wife but I met my girlfriend or wife now uh that summer and I went back and because I'd had to fail a year and I'd mm. had to go back I got I basically, they said, look, you can do the course, even though your original grades wouldn't have got you on there, yeah. but you're going to have to move back a year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I remember like phoning my mum going, I'm, I've failed, I need to go back a year. And they were like, well, okay. They were so supportive. They were just like, that's fine. You just keep going, just keep going. And I went back and because I didn't know anyone, yeah. I just got to like zip into my own little world. And I didn't want to then make tons. I already had tons of friends that I couldn't hang around with all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would see them every evening and stuff or go out with them all the time. But I was able to like, like seclude myself from that bigger grunt bunch of people. Yeah. And suddenly I felt like I had a little bit of an advantage because yeah. I'd seen most of that year through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, look, you're obviously not enjoying it. Go back. And then I went to go to back and I just had a totally different perspective on things like one, cause I was like with my girlfriend at the time who just kind of was like, she was just kind of like, just be yourself. It's fine. And then I like, cause I could do stuff faster than the people in second year at the beginning. I was able just to like, not worry about what they were doing and just carry on my own thing. And I kind of started to get, 
Because it's not just drawing, it's like understanding history of architecture. Like yeah. if you draw a triangular shaped building, you're not just drawing a triangular shaped building. There's there's hundreds of buildings that you will have seen that have like dictated that triangle. Like why a triangle? Do you have any idea of the history of the shape of a triangle? Like pyramids, like stu stu scale, st structure. Is it brick? Is it high tech steel? Is it glass? Is it... You know, like every single little decision you made had an impact on everything. Like, so you would draw something and then they would pick it apart and you'd be like, I, you know, I hadn't even realized that. <laughs> like, what type of brick is it? You're like, I don't know, red brick. Where do you know where red brick's from? And you're like, it's just red brick. I don't know. <laughs> well, why not metal? You're like, I don't know. Why not sand? Like, I would always like sarcastically come back with like a stupid comment. And they were like, they used to say like, why don't you tell, what did it look like upside down? And you're like, rubbish <laughs> what have you tried it no and their point was how do you know that's the best building you can do yeah, yeah, yeah. like how do you know you haven't you've only tried one option yeah. and i got so frustrated like so my, my, at the end of my second year i did a house yeah it was a really good house <laughs> and they were like look, look you're gonna pass but for next year you've just done a house and i was like yeah i know i want to be an architect i'm gonna as a house they're like you're at uni like is this the most amazing house that you can design and i was like bit taken aback i was like what do you mean and they're like that's the best house you can design is it out of every house you've seen in the world that's the best one is it and i was like well no it's a house you asked me to design a house <laughs> like i've done a house like i just didn't get it and then and then like but you might yeah and i was like oh like i because i'd finally done something that was quite good yeah but i just they were it was so obvious like my personality was starting to come into the projects yeah and the way i was talking what i was producing was just they just like I was starting to get excited about architecture, like really excited. Yeah. And just, but the work I was doing was so run of the mill. Is this the university they made you dance on the first day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, again, like, so the first day, the first week we had to do a dance, interpretive dance of fire in front of like 150 kids. <laughs> and you had to imagine fire. Like, what do you feel? Like you feel afraid during the fire. Like you feel the heat, like smoke. So we had gas masks on and we were like running around and we were like using paper crate papers like smoke and like one of us would be fire and the smoke would run away and you're like oh my god it was so embarrassing like <laughs> and I was like yeah I, I get it you're trying to like lower our threshold of embarrassment but actually all you're doing is really ingraining a level of fear that I have that you're going to make me do something really fucking stupid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. then so then I was like okay well I felt a little bit like a little bit confident after second year mm -hmm. and then third year I had this tutor called Nicola Gerber and again this is going back to me wanting to tutor people when they come in like to make like every time someone wants to do work experience I'm like I want to be this person to that person yeah. so like she was like um, every other tutor I had would be like that's not what I've asked you to do yeah you've done a house but that's not what I asked you to do I asked you to do something amazing or whatever and uh, but so it was always that kind of it's so open to interpretation architecture isn't it yeah. it's like uh, yeah. yeah it's like so you're essentially trying to achieve someone else's interpretation of what a great building is a yeah. great design is but and the only one that you can the only kind of thing like that that you can do whatever you want and you're employed to do whatever you want mm. is well actually two things it's almost um, illustration and fine art mm. unless you're in a in a one of those incredible positions where you're employed as an architect, as a graphic yeah. designer, as a product designer, yeah. or you have your own company to do whatever yeah, the yeah, hell yeah. you want and then you can do. Yeah. And you've got no one to answer to or you just don't really care to answer for yeah. the people that you have to answer that are paying you. But it's funny, it's like it's funny you say that because it feels like a little bit like I begrudgingly earned my right to do whatever I wanted. Like I'd done yeah. the two years. Yeah. Or like three years really if you count the year I went back. And like 
I begrudgingly, like just through sheer trial and error, started to understand what was expected of me. <laughs> like, there you go, there's a building. That's not what we asked for. Why not? Because it's not this. Right. Okay, right, here's another one. They're like, well, okay, maybe, but have you tried making it like... 10 times bigger or making it 10 times higher you're like ah oh, you keep moving the goalposts <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ okay right what about this and they're like no, you, no you, there's no end goal I was like I've done it now I don't need to do anymore they're like, no <laughs> you're not done until I, you run out of time and I was like what <laughs> yeah so like and then third year hit and I finally I did my first little six week project and I, I did the presentation I thought it was really clever I did this like really like childlike graphics yeah. and like I love OMA and like um, big like um, Bjark Ingels is an amazing like he's a cartoon illustrator and an architect he's like he's basically like the, the playboy of architecture now but he did cartoon graphics yeah like but I misinterpreted that like the cartoon graphics were just to like explain to anybody the push pull why the building exists where the sun shines why it's lifted up so you can go underneath it like really descriptive ways to understand the building i just did like big suns and clouds and stuff <laughs> and it was really bad like i still i saw it the other day i was like trying to fish out some of my old hard drives and i found it and i was like yeah i get what i was trying to do but it looks like a teletubbies <laughs> thing or whatever and then like my tutor was like look it's a it's a weird idea you've got but Here's a book. It's called Flotsam and Jetsam. And if anyone like architects listen to this, I'm sure they're like, oh yeah, I read that book. It was this like gorgeously illustrated book. It was like loads of black and white photography, like out of like out of focus photography <clears throat> with just like clear white writing, probably Helvetica <laughs> uh, with white writing. And they, and they used like really like, it, it was just black and white with red crosses on. So the red crosses would be on a person's head or whatever. And like, so it was just an incredibly elegant way to present stuff and it was really cool it was all as i said all black and white and the red really stood out and you know the the white text and a really dark black and white image just looked really moody and cool and she was like look just look at this that's how you should be presenting your work and then from that point on like my my marks just like skyrocketed up because someone just told me how they wanted it to look and I yeah. loved it. And like before I was like, I don't get it. No, no. And I loved the way they presented it. It's cool. Like to this day, like my watch, the black and white watch with a bit of red on, it's like, it's just the, the, the way, the style that I love. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. And she, we went to Germany and we went around all these like brutalist concrete buildings. Like, um, they're like really aggressive buildings, yeah. like quite, they're quite looming and oppressive, but you can't help but feel an emotional response to them because they're just, you see a massive 10 story concrete building. Yeah. And there's just something about it that's like, it's a bit prison vibey, but it's also <laughs> like, it feels like you could take a sledgehammer to it and you wouldn't affect it. Yeah. Like it had a real sense of solidity, you know, like it was like, so. I can tell you're an architect with all these <laughs> words. So I went from like trying to design like a house yeah. to my tutor going, look, just you seem to love concrete and I was taking hundreds of photographs of it. Like, and she just was like, look, just do that then. Didn't tell me what to do, but just like, just keep doing that. And then, so we had to like our mega long project. This is the biggest project to do in the whole universe. So you're part one. Did you ever see, that, um, slightly off, but saying concrete, did you, did you ever see the Tricorn building in Portsmouth, the um, car park? No. A lot of it, well, it's, I think it's kind of like Marmite, but it got, it got knocked down now, I think a lot, well, a while ago. Yeah. And a lot of people miss it. And I hated yeah. it when I was a kid. And it was these, it's it's quite it's quite a famous bit of architecture for the person who designed it, I think. And it's like, it was these kind of curved up bowls each time. It was 
I can't explain it that well. But it was now I think about it and seeing pictures, it's beautiful. Mm. But when we used to drive past it, you used to get that feeling of like, oh god, like driving into Portsmouth yeah, seeing yeah, this yeah. thing. And it's like Jesus Christ. And it was kind of dark and dingy in places. Yeah. And I think if you ch- if they tried to renovate that now, they can make it into such a beautiful building. But like thinking about it back then, as you were saying like earlier with like looking back at buildings when you're younger, it's such a ugly looking thing. And when yeah. you got knocked down at that young age, it's like, oh, thank God that's gone. But now I'm like, oh, but actually they probably could have done something quite cool there. You'll have to look it up. It's quite Well, it's funny you say that because um, there's yeah. also the Worcester College of Technology in Worcester <laughs> is, uh, it is like renownedly hated as being one of the ugliest buildings in Worcester because... It's right. The, the Worcester Cathedral is absolutely stunning, and it's on the twenty-pound note, or used to be. <clears throat> and right next to it, the nearest building to it is this brutalist concrete, uh, like college, and it's like four stories high. And honestly, I used to hate that building. Like every, it was so depressing. <laughs> but that's more because of the function that was in it. Yeah. And also, you associate the kind of like wet concrete and poorly maintained concrete with a rundown building. Yeah. And it had very very large glazing in it and that let in tons of heat so it had these really cheap shitty blinds and obviously it's full of students who knackered the blinds and yeah. it just had this dilapidated feel to it so you always associated that building with a rundown college course yeah. full of like college kids who didn't really have anything like the gmvq kids like i was like you know <laughs> they're just like well, i don't know what to do or like it wasn't an inspiring building because of its like purpose not because of its looks yeah but i used to hate it because it associated so many things to me right mm. and then now, having worked on a skyscraper and understanding this kind of minimalist architecture, it's actually a stunning building. And I yeah. found out it's got loads of awards and stuff. And it was only literally last week that I finally looked back on it and went, do you know what? Look, look at the way they've detailed the glass there, Beth. And she was like, Ben, that's an ugly building. I was like, no, but actually, like, the glass comes out. That's actually quite a clever detail. And she was like, no, it's an ugly building. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, right, well, we're not going to stop, but I'm going to stop here for part one and we're just going to carry on. Okay. But this is our stop point. Yeah. Okay, episode over. Go on uh, iTunes, subscribe and go on Acast uh, and then get episode uh, part two of this episode because why wouldn't you want to listen to more of me talking about me? Come on. Uh, It's really good. Go on now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, bye. <laughs> 